Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealand woman living in Fukushima, Tohoku, Japan, and creator of the Jumpstart with Jane course, soon to be starting again May 20th, 2019. The next round of Jumpstart is starting, so make sure you're on that list uh, to hear about how you can sign up for that. I'll be doing a special training uh, a little bit before that, and where you can ask more questions, etc. That's going to be happening on May 12th, 2019. That's a Sunday night, um, probably about 8 p.m., maybe 8.30 p.m., and um, make sure, yeah, you come along to that and say hi. You can ask all your questions there. And we'll be getting ready for the second half of the year because <laughs> by then it'll be nearly June, right? Which is, you know, we're six months in. So, um, well, nearly six months in, right? So, yeah, the, the year is flying by. I don't want to scare you or anything. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you're actually focusing on um, actually achieving something in particular. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do. So I have just come back from three amazing weeks in New Zealand. This is my first episode I'm recording uh, since I've been back from there. And it's taken, I've been back for just over a week now, and it's taken me a week to get back to a level of energy where I feel like I can actually record a podcast and um, have enough energy for it. And, you know, traveling just really takes it out of you. Well, it takes it out of me, that's for sure. And so after a process of, um, you know, doing this traveling back and forward between New Zealand twice a year for a couple of years now, I've realized that I need a week after we get back to readjust, recalibrate to get used to being back in Japan. And I always know when I get to Narita Airport, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. Why, you know, why are we doing this? And now I just know to just ignore myself, basically, um, for a good week or so, just to have my schedule completely clear of anything uh, really special or hard or difficult or new and keep it just as sort of a bare minimum, you know, like keeping the house sort of reasonably tidy, making people, making sure people have got food and clean clothes, sleeping, exercising. Those are the things I focus on. And to give my brain a chance to get used to being back in Japan. And like during the last week, it was really interesting to observe myself and the things that my brain was coming up with. Like um, at one point it was like, the, my my mind was saying, why are you doing a podcast? Who, would, who do you think you are? You should just like shut it down. Nobody wants to listen to you and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, don't listen to that. Um, you know, don't do anything. Don't make any drastic decisions or start doing new things and all of that. So now I've successfully come through that week of readjustment and I'm okay again. And I'm glad I didn't shut down my podcast or um, give up coaching or just um, just at one point my, my mind was saying, you just want to be a stay-at-home mother and look after your kids like all the time and, 
and just do that. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, where is this coming from? You know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my brain does some crazy things when in this transition time between countries. So, yeah, that was really interesting to to really notice that this time and to be aware of those thoughts and to not act on them because I could. I could tell it was just my, you know, some sort of primitive part of my brain trying to keep me safe because, you know, having a podcast can be a little, you know, it's not dangerous, but, you know, it's putting yourself out there, isn't it? And that leads you open uh, to be open to being judged. And we don't want to be judged, right? Nobody wants to be judged, but it's going to happen if you put a podcast out there. So I just have to accept that and move on, you know, like don't let that stop me because it's going to happen anyway. So yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what was happening with my brain was trying to keep me safe was saying you should just go basically hide under the bed and quit all of the exciting, interesting things you're doing. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. Back to business this week, feeling much better, feeling good, um, eating f- good foods, exercising, that sort of thing. Kids are back to school. Um, actually, their you know, school seems to be functioning normally now, no more half days, all of that stuff. People are having, you know, school lunch, no need to make bentos, all of that great stuff is, is happening again. So that means that it's time to record some more, more podcast episodes. So um, one thing that has sort of come up recently, and I, this is why I wanted to talk about today on the episode, is that, you know, with this going back and forth between two countries, like this is one of the things that we do to in order to help our kids to be, um, hopefully, in the future, um, bilingual, right, with Japanese and English, and to be bicultural as well. And I find that the traveling, you know, back home, um, not only do we see a huge improvement in their spoken English, and for my older child who's um, seven, she's in uh, goes to primary school while she's there, and she's doing reading and writing. We see huge jumps forwards with that while she's there as well. But also, you know, the cultural aspect of going home being surrounded and living in that culture for the time we're there definitely rubs off on them as well. And that's what I—that's what my husband and I want for our children. So this is why we've made it a priority. But coming back to Japan, it's, it's sort of always, I've always been wondering, what, what am I supposed to be doing while we're here that could help it so that it's not such a huge, um, you know, change when they get back to New Zealand. They're not lagging so far behind with their writing or whatever. Um, This has been something I've been thinking about for a while and we've tried various things in that. And so I just sort of wanted to do a little episode on that today about that. And because I know that there are a lot of other families in Japan dealing with this very same aspect of how do you raise your child with two languages or even three um, with two cultures, etc., and hopefully that they come out at the end being, um, you know, confident in both, whatever it may look like. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, obviously you some people might say, well, you know, isn't it the kid's choice, you know, whether they want to do that? And I would say um, yes and no. From my perspective, I feel like we have, it's up to us to give them opportunities and give them the chance to choose in the future. So if we don't do that work now, then that chance to choose in the future may not be there for them because it's just too hard. So that's sort of my feeling at the moment, even if they, you know, sort of resist or whatever, um, that 
in the in the long run that, that it's good for them to have this future opportunities to choose yes I'd like to spend my the rest of my life in Japan or I'd like to be able to spend the rest of my life in New Zealand or both um, to be able to have that choice and to be equally comfortable in both countries is a huge gift to them so that's kind of the motivation behind what my family is doing. So I'd like to talk to you today about that from my family's perspective. And, you know, every family is different. Every family has different dynamics. Um, it could be where you're living. It could be who you're living with, um, you know, different language levels within the family. There are so many different things that make this such a hard topic, right? And so it's hard to, so I can only speak from our experience so far of with a seven and a four year old, you know. So I love to hear other people's experiences as well, um, especially from mothers who have kids who are older than mine. And then I can hear what they done, what worked with for them, what didn't work for them, what they wish they'd done more of or less of. And then I can take that and look at my family and say, well, would that work for us? Yes or no? Maybe we'll try it, maybe we won't. But the, the purpose of this episode is just to give you an idea of what we're doing, how it's working so far, and perhaps you might get an idea or perhaps you might be like, oh, well, we're definitely not doing that because um, that wouldn't work for us. So, um, yeah, this is the, the reasoning behind this episode today. And, you know, it's a really topical thing when, you know, kids are starting new schools at this time of the year. Maybe, you're, maybe your child has just started primary school in Japan and you're wondering how that's going to affect things. And as we're sort of, um, you know, my daughter's in the second grade now, so we had a whole year of her being in the Japanese primary school now. We can talk a little bit from that experience as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I've just got sort of five things that I would like to talk to you today about that I feel really have helped us to be, I wouldn't say we're like successful, but things appear to be going reasonably well so far, I feel. So um, <clears throat> if you feel like you're really struggling with this, then this is definitely the episode for you. So um, how do we manage this? Like, I'll just give you a little bit of background um, as to our family, what we, what our family dynamic looks like. We live in Fukushima Prefecture in Iwaki City, which, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, is not a big city. There aren't a lot of English-speaking people here. There is no international school. Um, my children go to a, a local primary school, which is a Japanese public primary school, and my son goes to a very usual Japanese kindergarten. Um, there we have we do have an English after-school program school here in the city, which I found about a few months ago. And my daughter has been attending that a little bit just um, <clears throat> to work on her reading and writing as well as, um, as somewhere for her to go after school when I've been busy with my work or needed to travel. However, most of her, the English education has come from me, myself, being with the kids or taking them back to New Zealand, our interactions with New Zealand friends and family. Um, my husband is Japanese and he does actually speak English fairly well. You would not know that when he's at home because he does not speak to us in English. But um, I, like he has, understands what I say in English so I can continue to speak in English even when he's at home. And he does speak English and he uses English a lot at his job. So um, 
in our family, we have the expectation that both that everybody will speak English and Japanese. So I also, of course, speak Japanese um, increasingly better and better the longer I stay here. So I also read and write Japanese. Some, you know, sometimes not very well, but I can do it. Right. So we're all doing the double language thing.、Um, everybody speaks two languages. Everybody reads and writes in two languages. Um, and for whatever level they're at, like my four-year-old, he's learning to read in English and Japanese at the moment. My seven-year-old is reading in English and Japanese, writing in English and Japanese. So,、um, though we have that expectation in our house, and I think that's really important because you know, from the other families that I've spoken to, when one parent does not have the ability in the other language, it can make it a little bit more difficult. That's for sure. So, if you can. Definitely get on the same page with your partner about what you know. What are we aiming for here with our kids' languages? Then this really, really helps. So,、um, <clears throat> so in our family's case, my husband and I have decided that、um, for for our children, we want them to be bilingual, and we want them to be bicultural. We don't want them just to have a, you know, a conversational knowledge of English. You know, we want that's a different thing. You know, like bilingual means being able to be in almost any situation in that language. Whereas, you know, being able to just have a conversation or understand English is, you know, quite different. So that's quite a big ask, really, to to expect bilingualism. You know, but、um, that's the. The goal we have for our kids. So whether we meet it or not is another thing, but we are both on the same page about that. And so I feel that that's important because it means that when we make a decision about our family, that we make it from this aspect of we are both,、um, you know, moving towards or want to help our kids to be bilingual. So that means that.、Um, We've made English a priority in our family. So, for example, <clears throat> my husband does not complain that I take our children home to New Zealand for two,、uh, twice a year. That I take them away from him for you know a good month、um, when we go. We go for quite a while because it's so far.、Um, he he doesn't complain about that. He doesn't complain about the cost.、Um, he and I both have agreed that this is what we're going to do. So. It just makes it so much easier when you're both, you know. What I keep saying is, we're on the same page about what you're aiming for. <clears throat> so, and this also helps with、um, increasingly now as we go into more and more into the Japanese education system. And like I said, we're only at the second grade so far, so I cannot speak for you know junior high school, high school, and all of that.、Um, but you know. There is an expectation in Japan that you know school events and things are you know pretty high on the list of priorities. But in our family, <clears throat> we've decided so far, at least, that、um, Japanese school does not trump something that we're like, for example, going home to New Zealand for the summer holidays is more important than being at school for an extra three for the last three days of. Um, school, 
during, you know, before the summer holidays, because that means if we leave a little bit earlier, we can actually afford <laughs> to pay the, the cost of the tickets, right? So we leave early and, you know, so we don't get the kids' reports and we've been lucky, not lucky, but so far the teachers have been understanding and have, um, you know, provided us with our homework and things in advance. Um, so I know that's definitely not always the case in some um, situations. So I'm extremely grateful for um, the school. And because we've started out like that, we just from the first grade, we just said, this is what we do. Um, and, you know, this is my daughter. She has two languages and two cultures. In the summer holidays, we go to my home country and she goes to school there while you're all on summer holidays, having a holiday. She's in school. And that actually, and I was really pleased actually that that got quite a bit of respect from that, from the classroom teacher, from that particular teacher for what we were doing. And so she's been very helpful so far. <clears throat> um, luckily we have her again this year. So she knows this is what we do. And so I'd like to continue, I think, you know, continuing starting out in the way you mean to go on can be very helpful, I feel. And everybody just knows, okay, um, she's not here. It's because she's in New Zealand doing her other school. And actually a lot of people are extremely jealous, right? They wish that they could do that with their kids too. So um, yeah, we've been very lucky in that respect. So yeah, making it a priority in our family, I think has worked well so far. So good. Touch wood. May that continue. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Another thing, out of school time. So, um, you know, kids are in school from sort of, you know, they're off to school at seven something in the morning and they get back at, well, my daughter comes back about three at the moment. Um, so we've got from 3 p.m. until bedtime. So my daughter goes to bed at eight. So what's that? Five hours of English time. So, you know, even though you might think, oh, but they're at Japanese school all day. When they do come home, you know, you've got four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, my daughter goes to bed before eight. So five hours of time that could be devoted to English. So actually that does add up. It's not nothing, right? So um, making that an English time has really worked well. So how we do that is um, we only have English TV. Like if my kids start trying to watch a Japanese show, I'll just say no. It's, this is, if you want to watch TV, you're watching it in English. <laughs> um, stories, you know, 90% of the stories, the bedtime stories that they get are in English. Um, and, you know, because my husband works away from home and it's just me and the, the two kids mostly, then that makes for it, it is easier to maintain that English space after school. So we'll be having discussions and doing activities in English and um, a new thing that we're just starting this year is having um, specific times that we call our English class time. And I'm making it an actual event, like a class that you would go to at an English school or, you know, swimming class. You know, it has a time and a day and we do it then and it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't change, you know. So um, I've decided every Monday and Wednesday at this point, we're going to, from 3.30 to 4.30, we're going to go out, we're going to go to a cafe, and we're going to spend an hour doing actual English studying, like writing and reading practice. <clears throat> 
And, you know, you might be like, well, that's only two hours, but there's two hours more than we were doing before because it just wasn't happening. And you probably find that as well, that if it's not scheduled, then it just doesn't happen and other things get in the way. And, you know, you might have all of these workbooks and things, but they never get done because you haven't actually scheduled a specific time for them to be done in. Right. So by and by getting out of the house, I found that a, distractions are removed, whatever they might be, for both you and your family. Um, also, B, it makes you unavailable to, and you'll especially notice this when kids start primary school, is that suddenly they want to go and play at their friend's house after school. And because they're getting older, they can actually sort of walk there and come home in that. And so that English time disappears the after school English time disappears if they're off playing with their friends after school every day and that was happening a lot here because we have um four or five kids from my daughter's same grade who live extremely close to us so they, she can walk there in like you know 10 seconds kind of thing um and go and play with these friends and they make these sort of arrangements on the way home from school and then she'll get home and go oh mom I'm going to so-and-so's house to play today and I'm like oh God, there goes another, you know, two hours, two or three hours of our English time gone. And so I decided to make that a, you know, it's it's on our schedule and it's as important as other classes would be. You know, my daughter goes to rhythmic gymnastics on a Tuesday, right? So, you know, of course we go there on time, we do, the, she does a class and we come home again. So putting that same um, expectation around our own English classes and actually going out, making an effort to go out and do them. So, um, you know, where we live, it's sort of in a within a 10-minute drive, there's a variety of different places we can go. So I'm planning on using those sort of different places, you know, rotating them, you know, someone gets to choose this time and make that special for them and whatever, and we go and they get to have, you know, a little, you know, a nice drink or something while we're working on our things to make it a real event. And yeah, getting out of the house is definitely a winner there, I think. If you try to do it at home, it just it just quickly um, goes into meltdown mode, I feel. Especially after school when the kids are tired. Um, they don't really want to study English, right? They want to play with their friends. So um, if that's not an option, then and but going to a cafe, having a nice drink and, and having some real um, time focus time with you as a parent can be very attractive and I make an effort to turn off my phone during that time I'm not available to anybody else I'm just there with my kids and they notice that and they really get into the um they really get into being the center of attention even though there's two of them there um I both I have them both working on age appropriate things whatever that is like my son is four he's not really ready for writing yet but he loves to color he loves to, um, you know, do like connect the dots or, you know, um, sort of circle things, those sort of little workbooky things. And um, he's happy doing that. So he's doing that and building up his, you know, motor skills and all of that, whatever it is that four-year-olds need. And we also do reading and recognizing letters and things that he's interested in. And um, he's very interested in recognizing letters at the moment. And, you know, he's doing three lots, like it's just amazing, right? Um, we used to struggle with like A, B, C, upper and lower case. And he's doing, you know, like both kids have done hiragana, katakana, and the alphabet, you know, upper and lower case. You know, that's four things. <laughs> and that's just getting started. Amazing, right? So um, 
yeah, that's what we're working on at the moment. And that's in our after school time. So before bed, like I definitely stagger the kids' bedtimes. My four-year-old goes to bed at seven, uh, at seven-ish because he's absolutely zonked at seven and gets up at six in the morning. So um, I give him story time before bed and he goes to bed. And then my daughter goes to bed at 7.30, 8 o'clock because she's absolutely knackered by then as well. And I also give her a separate story time. And now our story times are going from being me just reading her a book to she reads, like we'll get a chapter and she'll read the first two pages. Like it started off, she'd just read the first page. <coughs> Excuse me. But now she's sort of progressed to be, to she's built up the stamina to read two pages and then I read the rest of the chapter. And so we're building it up so that we read a chapter each and um, keep going, you know, we'll read two or three chapters of a book a night um, together. And so she really loves that one-to-one time with me as well. So not only are we getting that special, you know, one-to-one parenting time in English, but also, you know, we're working on her reading every day. And um, she's taking more of an active part in the reading um, than she has before, now that she can actually read more. So, yeah, that's what we're doing in that after-school time, which is really, really important. And, you know, you could also do something in the morning, I guess, if you have early rises like I do. But my daughter has to be out of the house by 10 past 7, so we're not having a lot of time in the morning, really. So that's why we sort of tend to do it after school. Um, Yeah, so one other thing is we are – you know, even though it might sound like I'm being sort of quite, um, like, I don't know, not anal, but, you know, I'm being quite sort of um, calculating with this. We're actually really relaxed about it. Like, this is just what we do. This is just how it happens. And we, 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 we cannot really compare ourselves to other families because there's no one to compare ourselves to here where we live. But I find as soon as you start doing that, that's when thing you know you start to feel panic or stress and that may be more of a problem if you're living in a bigger city um, and you know you have more access to English-speaking kids around you um, and you're like well my Johnny's only reading you know a few words and, and that kid's the same age and he's reading whole pages by himself okay that's you are where you are and that's where you are and the next step is the next step from where you are um, you know just roll with it yeah but let's just say that um you know you can only progress from where you are right and with what you're doing so is you know is your children's English language a priority yes let's make it a priority then because in fact it may not have been a priority so far so that's potentially why you are where you are Okay, so just, yeah, thinking about that a little bit. Are we making, are we actually making this a priority or are we just sort of rolling with our daily lives and it's not really happening? So, yeah, I think that looking at other families to learn more about what you could be doing or not doing, what you want to be doing or avoid doing um, is great. But comparing, yeah, not so good. It just, it, it never ends well. It never goes well, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely, you know, talk to your friends, find out what they're doing, especially if they have similar circumstances to you. Maybe it's useful 
um, learn, you know, think about does this, would this actually suit our family? Would this suit my children and their learning styles, um, you know, and our schedules? So that, yeah, we, we all have to make it your own, do it your way and own it. Yeah. Make it a priority if that's really what you want. Yeah, I know like where I live, a lot of, um, you know, we are the only um, family in at my daughter's school who, uh, you know, has a parent who's not Japanese. Like I'm the only non-parent, non-Japanese parent in the whole school of, you know, several hundred children. Um, so in our, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that might have been sort of like looked down on something to be teased about. But now it's very much... Um, everyone is extremely sort of envious of us, um, but they don't know because they don't see the effort that we do put into um, my children's English for them to be able to be at the level where they are currently. So it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park, but I think it's worth it. And um, yeah, I guess we'll see how things go. Like like I said, we're only in the second grade with my daughter at the moment, um, but I'm happy. I'm really happy with what we're doing and how it's working out. And I hope this after school dedicated English class time is going to go reasonably well. Like I said, we've only done it a couple of times and, you know, it's a bit of a novelty still, but I think that, you know, making it an actual, um, you know, event for our family, just like any other class is really going to help to get more of that dedicated English writing time and for the kids to um, accept being taught by me rather than another teacher, yeah. So I hope that helped uh, you with some of um, maybe some of the things you're worried about with um, English and how that works in your family, living in Japan and things. And I'd love to hear what you get up to. How do you manage this in your family where you live in Japan and with your circumstances? So please share, like everybody loves to hear about this topic. That's for sure. Thank you so much for listening today and I will catch you all soon. Bye-bye. みなさん、こんにちは。今日はソロエピソードです。あの、今日のテーマは、あの、バイリングル、バイリンガルの子供を育つっていうテーマで、最近ニュージーランドから帰ってきて、あの、ニュージーランドにいる間に子供たちがニュージーランドの小学校に入るんですね。まあの、毎回帰るときに。で、今回行って、で、2週間だけ入ったので、まあまあ短くって、あの、なんか効果に、効果的になるのかなと思って、なんか効果が出るのかなと思って、あの、結局2週間だけでも、あの、だいぶ、あの、とあの特に上の娘、7歳の娘が、あの、書くとか読むがだいぶ上手になって、ああ、2週間でもいいですね、と気づいて、やっぱりニュージーランドにあの帰ると、その英語の環境にいるのがすごくあのもう効果的と気づ,い気づきました。なので短くても行かないと,と思って。<笑>で、あのまあ夏休みはいつも,にあのもうずっと 1, 1ヶ月ぐらい
行くんですけど、今年は春休みも頑張って行って、あのまあ行ってよかったなと思ったんですね。あと3ヶ月でまた行く。<笑>もう、もう次回はもうあの予約してあるんですよ。もう早めにチケット買っておくと、あの、意外と安いですね。でも、あの、まあ学校の行事とかはどう,どうなるのとかいつも聞かれるんですけど私たちの家族はもう子供のバイリンガルになるのは一番大事ですねなのであの学校の行事はどうでもいい<笑>あの,あのち,ょちょっと変わってる考え方かもしれないんですけどあのうん一番大事のは子供のバイリンガルになるので、夏休みは何があっても必ずニュージーランドに行きます。で、まあ外国人だからできるかなと思ってる方がいると思うんですけど、あの、誰でもできるんですね。プライオリティにしたら。でも、あのみんなのプライオリティは違うんですね。そう。<笑>なので、今日のテーマはバイリンガルっていうんですけど、あの、まあ、英語版を聞くと、あの、ちょっと外国人の親向きエピソードかもしれないんですけど、この日本語版でちょっと、ちょっと違うテーマで話したいなと思ったんですね。でも、あの、同じ、同じテーマも、まあ、同じテーマもあるんですけど、まあ、ちょっとちょっとだけ違うあの内容で話したいと思います。で、私たちは、私たちの家族は、子供が2人、あの、4歳の息子と7歳の娘。娘が今2年生に入りました。息子が年中さんに入りました。あの、4月に。で、あの、福島県のいわき市に住んでるので、そのインターナショナルスクールがないんですね。まあ、インターナショナル幼稚園があるんですけど、結構離れてるなので、もうあそこまで送るのは嫌だなと思って、あの、普通の幼稚園に入れてます。で、あの、娘も普通の日本の,あの小学校に通ってます。なので、あの、その条件でどういうふうに、あの、英語をの時間を増やすっていう疑問がありましたね。で、私の旦那は、まあもちろん日本人で日本の会社、普通の日本の会社に勤めてるんですけど、会社で意外と英語を使うチャンスが多い仕事をしてます。ので、あの、まあ英語はまあまあ上手の方なので、家族の中にみんな英語と日本語できるっていうのは当たり前状態になってます。旦那もあの、英語を読んだり聞いたり話したりもできるし、私は日本語をね、聞いたり話したり、まあ、読むも書くもできるので、みんな2カ国語できるっていう、あの、ことがあるから、あんまり子供たちから、なんで私英語を勉強しないといけないのっていうふうに言ってるんですね。なので、それはもう大、大事と思うんですけど、あの、まあ、でも私、日本人で、旦那も日本人だと思うかもしれないんですけど、でも、自分のレベルで、でもいいんですよ。みんなパーフェクトではないですね。うちの旦那はパーフェクトではないです。私の日本語もパーフェクトではないので、もう自分のレベルで2カ国語
が当たり前っていうのは、でも大丈夫ですね。なので、あの、まあ、自分だけが英語が大事と思ってるんだったら、ちょっと難しくなるかもしれないんですね。あの、パートナー、まあ、旦那さんにも、もう彼氏なんでも、パートナーも同じ考えだとやりやすいですね。だから、あの、もし旦、旦那さんも、あの、じゃあ、英語が大事と思ってるかもしれないですね。で自分も大事と思ってるかもしれないですね。でも実際にどのレベルで、どのレベルまで大事なのか、ちょっとあの話し合ってあった方がいいと思いますね。あの例えば、旦那はあの海外に行って困らないレベルがいいなって思ってて、でも自分がもうバイリンガルっていう、あのもうこどの場面でも、もう職場でも全然かっこよく英語を使うっていうバイリンガルっていうレベルぐらいと、旦那の旅行で困らないレベル、全然合ってないんですね。もう違う。なので、お互いに子供が、私と、私たちと子供がみんな英語をこのレベルまで使えるといいなと思う。思うのはもう一緒じゃないとちょっと難しいですね。多分考えたことないかもしれないですね。そのみんなバイリンガルいいなと思ってるんだけど、バイリンガルは結構難しいんですね。うちらでもあの私ね、英語、英語のな母国語が英語なのに子供たちにバイリンガル難しいので、あの日本人夫婦でバイリンガルっていうのはさらに難しい。なので、あの、ちょっと考え直してもいいかもしれないですね。実際に、あの、将来に困らない、あの、海外に行って困らないようになったらいいかもしれないね、とか。あと、あの、例えば大学の入学試験に困らないように、でもなんか、あの、話せるようにとか、その、将来にそういう試験があるかもしれないですね。あと、あの例えば仕事が海外転勤になっても困らないようにみたいなレベルだといいかも。で私の旦那はあの田舎の鳥取育ちなのであの結局、まあ、いつも子どもの頃から英語が好きだったらしくてでも大人になってから上手になってるんですよあの話したりね。なので遅くはない。大人になって、なってから上手になるのは遅くはない。<笑>私も日本語を勉強して、大人になってから上手になってるんですね。もう自分で日本に来て、どんどんどんどん、あの、なんていうの進んで話せるようになったのは大人になってから。で、私た、たあの、私と、私の家族の子供は、あの、バイリンガルとバイコーチュラルっていうんですね。もう文化が二つある家族なので、それも大事なので、言語は一つなんですね。その、あの、文化を,あらを表現するのは言語で表現するので、それも大事なので、私たちにとってはバイリンガルはさらに大事ですね。そういう考え方ですね。で、あの、日本に住んでも、英語が本当にプライオリティだったら、あの、もうしないと難しいと思います。なので
さっき言ったのは学校の行事が何があってもニュージーランドに行くのはぶつかるんだったらもうニュージーランドが勝ち<笑>でまあ普通の日本人はもうそれおかしいなと思うかもしれないんですけどそうしないといけ,いけなくなっちゃうんですねで行けなくなったらその大事なあの時間がなくなってしまうのはの,のであのおかげさまでだんうちの旦那もあの、まあ、ニュージーランドに行くのが一番大事のって理解してくれてあの問題なく行ってるんですよ。で1年生からそういうふうにやってたからもうそういう期待がちょっとあるんですね。だから最初から始まると続きやすいと思います。途中で始まっちゃったらちょっとつ難しいかもしれないですね。なので、まあ、もし、ね、新しい学校に入るんだったらそ,のそれはチャンスですねあの。私たちは夏休みはいつもいませんっていうのは<笑>、ね。まあ、まだ2年生のレベルなのでしょまた違うかもしれないですね。でも、まあ、とりあえずそういうふうにしてます。で、あのまあ、その家族の中の期待。みんな2カ国語、自分のレベルで頑張ってる。ね。パーフェクトではないですね。私も自分の日本語のレベルで頑張ってる。旦那は自分の英語のレベルで頑張ってる。いつも新しい言葉を覚えたり、新しい、私の新しい漢字を覚えたり、旦那に教えてもらったりとか、子供の前にそういう話をするんです。これは日本語で何て言うのとか。で、旦那は英語で、この日本語の表現は、英語,英語で何て言うのとか、スペルは何,何とか、お互いに聞いたりしてあの、恥ずかしくはないですね。でも、あの、もう、これは長、長期間のことなので、あの、今できることはや、やっちゃおうっていう感じですね。あの、この間ニュージーランドから帰ってきて、日本にいる間にどういうふうにサポートできるかなと思ってママなのであんまり先生役になるのは難しいんですよね自分の子供を教えるのはなので英語の書,書き方とか読み方を教えないといけないんだけどあんまりママから勉強したくない子どもたちはねどうしようと思って。で、この町に英語のアフタースクールがあるんですね。で、娘が少し通ってて、あの、まあ、アフタースクールがあって、預ける場所もあるのはすごく良かったんですけど、あの、遅く帰ってくるのをちょっと、私たちの家族のスケジュールにとってはちょっと難しかったし、娘が意外とママと一緒にいるのは好きなので、まあ、まだ小さいから、行く必要はそんなにないからあのわざと連れて行くのはなんかやめましょうかなと考えてるところですね。なのでどういうふうにママねママが先生になれるっていうのはちょっと疑問だったんですね。自分で教えようとしたらねどういうふうに教えようかなと思って特に放課後にあのお友達のお家に遊びに行くのは始まっちゃって、もうまた英語の時間が減っちゃったと思って。なので
今年あの4月から新しい作戦を始まって皆さんも使えるのでぜひあの使ってみてくださいあのもしね<咳>英語の授業をしたいなと思ってるんだけど家の中でなかなかうまくいかないんですよねあの家の中だといろんな他のやりたいこともあったりママにもなんか電話が来たりピンポンが来たりあのもういろんなディストラクションっていうことがあるからやっぱりあの教室に行くみたいに出かけようと決めましたでうちらはあの、まあ、カフェカフェに出かけてこの,この時間が英語の勉強の時間だよっていうのを決めましたで私たちの場合はこれ、まあ、とりあえず週2回にしましょう月曜日の3時半から4時半もき、もうはっきり決まりました。あと、水曜日の3時半から4時半、たった1時間なんだけど、あの2回やると2時間でしょ。で、その2時間が前になかった2時間なので、2時間増えました。その英語の時間。英語の勉強する時間。で、まあ、カフェに行ったら、子どもたちはなんかおいしいものを。飲めるし私もなんかおいしいもの飲めるしあとお出かけになってちょっと気分が変わるんですねで意外とおとなしくそのクラスやりましたねちょっとびっくりしてあんなに楽しくてでママのあのママが他のことをやってないから子供も嬉しかったんですねあの認めがあってあの私は携帯を切ってもう<笑>あの電話に出ないようにあのメールとかねそのあのチャットとか無視して子どもたちの1時間あの子どもたちのことだけ集中したら子どもたちもそれを気づいて嬉しかったんですね。でこれは私たちの大事な英語の時間ですっていうのを言ったから。もうお友達あの、朝に言うんですね。今日は英語の時間があるから、あの学校のあと遊べないよって、ね、友達に言ってねって、朝から言って、もうそれがあるのを報告しておくと、子どもたちも,あのもう当たり前と思ってるんですね。で、いろんなカフェとかあるから、ちょっと違うカフェ回ってみたり。あのじゃあ今日は誰々ちゃんが選べる日だとかなんかいろんな楽しみのことできるのであのまあとりあえずそれでちょっと進んでみたいなと思いますであのまあ2時間の隔時間が増えたら1年間で週もう100時間も増えてるんですね1年間続くとそれがまあ、インパクトがあると思いますなので皆さんもやってみてください。もし例えば英語の教材がうちにあるんだけどなかなか使わない多分ありますよね。<笑>あと自分も、ね、英語勉強したいんだけどなかなかあの気分にならない。なので自分を連れて出かけて決まってる時間帯にで行ってあの1時間でも行ってちょっとイベントにしたらなんとなくなると思います。で、そのね、子供たち連れて英語の勉強の時間になりますっていうのは
で自分でできてるあの英会話教室になるんですね。そうあの書くとか読むなら,なら全然できると思います。皆さんやってみてください。もしやってみたらあの教えてください。もう聞きたいですね。どうですかなんか英語英語を教えるとかまあ英語じゃなくてもフランス語でもいいんですけどあの言語を子供に教えるとかあのまあこれからね小学校に日本あ英語があの英語が増えるとかそういうことはよく聞くんですけどあのそういう英語が当たり前っていう環境をうちに作るとあのいいと思います子供たちがあのなんで私そうこれを勉強しないといけないママが苦手苦手って言ってんのに私がやらないといけないっていうあの環境があまり良くないですね<笑>子供たちは勉強したくないんですよねなのでみんな自分のレベルで英語で頑張ってるっていうのはいいことだと思います。じゃあ、皆さんやってみて、<笑>やってみてください。じゃあ、あの、今日はこれで終わるんですけど、また来週とても面白い番組があります。三浦さん、三浦グレッチェンさんなんですね。で、三浦さんは、あの、おお坊さん旦那さんがお坊さんで秋田県の大賀半島にあるあのお寺の奥さんアメリカ出身の奥さんなんですねなのでとても面白いエピソードが来るので皆さんぜひまた来週聞いてくださいねじゃあ Have a good day! See you next time! Bye bye! 